They turned around and said to me, uh-oh, it's a tumour? And I just couldn't believe my, my ears or what I was hearing. Then they stated to me that this tumour is on my vocal cord, it's on the left vocal cord, but it's not only just there, it's on the nerve, and if we let it go any longer, it will then start to suffocate me. What they meant by that was that it was growing bigger and it was actually going to block the windpipe and I would actually have problems not only swallowing but also breathing. Then my life started to really flash past my eyes and I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, my, my job's over, but not only that, but my life's over, what am I going to do? Oh, well, it's been nice, nice knowing you, everyone, and time for me to move on. And you know when there's something wrong with your voice or anything else that's going on in your body, you're not sure what's actually happening, but you've got to find out. We knew there was a problem with my voice, but we didn't know what it was until they said to us that it was a tumour. You see, at times we face adversity and ambiguity. For a lot of us, we don't want to go to the doctor. A, we don't want to get the bad news if there is any, but also we'd rather bury our heads in the sand and not actually go. Men in particular aren't always that good at going to the doctor. I'm going to encourage you all to make sure you are going for regular checkups and that you are going to the doctor to find out what you need to do. But when we do face adversity and ambiguity, it's how we react and what we do in that kind of situation that counts. In today's episode, as I celebrate or observe my sixth year anniversary of having the tumor removed, I want to talk to you about some lessons that I've learned over that period of time that actually might actually help you. Lessons that I've learned about myself and the situation. Let's discuss. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, listeners. Welcome to another Ask Dennis Freestyle episode. This is where I'm asked my, my listeners a question or I share my thoughts, experiences, and insights from working with many leaders around the globe. I want to welcome you today, and I trust that you are well and everything is going fine for you and that you're having fun in your life today. Well, let's talk about what happened six years ago. So six years ago this week, had to be at the hospital ready for surgery and arrived about just before, around about two, two o'clock in the afternoon. I was scheduled to go in to surgery around about 3, 3 p.m. local time. And when I was sitting in the prep room, I had to sign some documents and so forth and I was getting ready beforehand. I felt nervous, but also calm at the same time. I felt scared. But also there was the unknown side of things as well. And we knew that the nerve, it was sitting on a nerve and it could mean that I could be, that, that vocal cord, if they hit the nerve, would be paralyzed. And then they would actually have to pack it out to make it quite fat. So then the other, the right-hand side vocal cord could close against it. What we also know, just as warning me that I could choke a lot while I was eating and, and have problems when swallowing. I didn't even know if I was going to have a voice. And would the voice be a voice of impact or would it be a voice that was struggling to get its actual voice out and sound? Then I was taken to my room where I would be after having surgery and, and uh, Mary, my wife partner, stayed there while I was actually walked, I was walked down to the surgery, to the theatre where the surgery would actually take place. As I walked into the theatre, 
my legs sort of started to buckle a little bit and I was like, oh, here we go. But I just knew that I needed to be positive, pray and get in there and get it done. Why? Because there was a bigger vision I was thinking about. And the biggest vision was the thing that got me through that, but also got me through the actual MRI I, was, I went into after having a panic attack, on the, panic attack on the first one, was of course the sedation, but it was also me thinking to myself that I'm being introduced on stage in front of 10,000 people in the audience and how I would be introduced as a speaker and thinking about that, and that was going through my mind. What was I doing? I was thinking of a bigger picture, the bigger why, and getting out there. And so when I walked into theatre, one thing that I noticed is that there was a bed, but it was actually quite, and it was the operating table, of course, and it was already quite thin, small. I thought, hey, I'm a bigger kind of guy. My shoulders are going to be wider than that. What am I going to do? Of course, they needed me to be like that so then they can work around me. Then the other one was that they were talking to me and talking me through things as I was doing that, as they were starting to put me to sleep. And so then they can go in there and do their magic. Of course, when I woke up, I was waking up to out of the anesthetic and getting underway with things and sitting there and wondering how it all went, wondering whether it was paralyzed, whether they did hit the nerve or not. They were trying to get oxygen levels up to a level whereby they would be happy with it because they were too low at that state. And all night I was awake, you see. I was, it was meant to happen, was meant to take uh, one and a half hours, and actually what happened is it took three and a half hours. They went through the throat and up through the thyroid to get to the actual vocal cord where the actual tumour was. Now, that was two centimetres wide. Now, for that area, it's quite, quite large for what it was. But all night I was awake. Why? Because I was asleep for three and a half hours, right? Out to it. Had a great sleep. So here I was, eating jelly and having ice blocks all night. I had several of them. I'd keep ringing the buzzer and get the nurse to bring in more. Why? Because I was allowed to have it, and it was just great, and it helped me, of course, and, and actually recovering. The next morning at 7 a.m., well, actually, before I went to theatre, they asked me what I would want to have for breakfast the next morning, so I ordered it. I ordered scrambled eggs and salmon. As you can tell, I was at a private hospital. When the specialist walked in at 7 a.m. in the morning, he asked me, oh, looks like you just finished breakfast. What did you have? And I told him what I have. The nurse said, well, whatever you order, he gets as well. I asked him if the, the vocal cord was paralyzed. And he said he didn't know because I was out to it, of course, under anesthetics. So he would have to come back at 7 p.m. that night. So in other words, 12 hours I would have to wait. I'm not joking. Within 40 minutes, he comes flying into the room with the surgical fatigues on and with the camera. And he said to me, I can't wait. I want to know as well. So he put down the camera and he had a look and of course he could see, he said to me, huh, it's moving, but it's munted. But if you give it time, Dennis, the brain will work it out. For a lot of us as leaders, as we're facing adversity and ambiguity, we forget to breathe and we start to do things quickly and we think we have to get things solved. Breathe, step back, the brain is going to work it out. Now, the other thing was he left and then the next, uh, about an hour or so later, Mary walked in. And I spoke to her for the very first time, and she almost fell over and reached for the, the wall to stop herself falling over. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I don't even recognize your voice. It was totally different. She called it George Clooney. Yeah, I don't think it was George Clooney, but anyhow, it was a different voice from what I had for about eight to nine years. And so, well, not eight to nine years, for a few years, because it was about eight, nine years ago that it's happened. And when we first recognized or understood it was actually, the voice was starting to deteriorate in quality over the period of time. So when Mary left about three hours later, 
I had so much fun picking up my phone, even though my phone number was coming up on people's screens and things like that, and I was talking to them, they had no idea it was me. Even my mother didn't even recognize the voice. Some people said to me, the voice is not a lot younger for when they remembered my voice before it was hoarse and raspy and croaky. So I loved calling everybody and having so much fun. Then I recovered and took time out. Listeners, there were so many things that I did actually learn over that period of time. And here are some of the lessons, six of them actually, that I sort of learned from going through this whole ordeal. Number one, don't take life for granted. Be present in life. Do what you need to do. Don't be an autopilot. Be very deliberate about what you're doing in life, while at the same time being grateful for what you have and where you are, but also where you are going. Number two, I had a very close friend to me and still a very close friend today and said this thing to me, Den or Dennis, don't die with the music in you. There's a whole lot of you right now who've got things that you want to do in life, but you're not doing it. There's music in you. There's things for you to share with others. Don't die with the music in you. And he said that to me and it blew me away. And Sean is a really cool friend and, and, and I really, really appreciate what he said to me. And I just knew that I had to share with other people around the world about what I do and what we can and, and what I have to offer. So it's really important to make sure that happens. The thing here for me is this. If you've got things that you need to do today, then make sure you get on with it and you do it. The podcast is a great example of that. I knew I wanted to do it, so then I decided and got on with it and made it happen. Number three, have your voice heard. The number of times I work with people whose voices aren't being heard, it's not being of any impact at all. Make sure it is a voice of impact. And I don't mean you out there yelling and screaming at people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a voice that is a reason, that is calm, that is confident, and is influential, can influence people. But your role and my role in life is not only for our voices to be heard, but the reason I started this podcast was for my voice to be heard. If you think about the voice journey, the people I interview, having their voices heard, and more importantly, it's about you as the listener, helping you develop your voice, helping you develop your leadership voice, your skills, your capabilities, and so forth to help you become a leader that has a voice of impact that is actually going to influence a lot of people. Number four will be get the right people around to help you. A lot of you will try to do things in life and try to get on with things, but I'll tell you what, you can't do it by yourself. Surround yourself with the right people. There are people out there that can help you from their experiences and also their speciality and what they do. If you think about that specialist that I went to, how he actually helped me get my voice back. And I'm going to be very grateful for to that man and what he's done for me. And I know that he helps other people as well. But the big thing here would be put your hand up to ask for help. As I said earlier on, many people don't want to go to the doctor, don't like asking for help. And that's a big thing for some people to do. But I think and I'm going to encourage you to put your hand up and ask for help because there are people out there who will help you and can help you for sure. Number five, what I noticed is that not everyone got around us. Now, what do I mean by that? There were people who did get around us and there was people who didn't get around us. And we were, I was quite surprised by that. I was quite surprised to find that people who I thought would be around us didn't even show up. Now, for a lot of them, it's probably more about how they would handle this kind of ambiguity or adversity. Some people can't handle that and don't want to be around that. And it's not that they don't want to know you they just don't know what to say to you or how to handle things, which is quite hard for some of them. You know what? It's okay. And I found it was okay. I wasn't worried, even though I was nervous and so forth. I was sort of calm. You know why? Because I just wanted to get it sorted. I wanted to get it fixed. 
The important thing was to make sure that we got it fixed so then I can move on in life. Number six is about investing in yourself. I talk about people being match fit, match ready, getting really fit physically, mentally, and so forth. But if you can invest in yourself to go out and do that activity, that exercise, checkups, whatever you need to do to, to, to invest in yourself, make sure you do it. But also develop your skills and your capabilities and your mindset. If you can do those kind of things as well and invest in yourself, wow, that'd be pretty cool. Part of that investing in yourself is actually taking time out for you. I call that me time, time that you've got for yourself that you're going to be able to invest in you, whether that's listening to a podcast, reading a book, just walking in nature to be around nature, going out and having a massage, doing some yoga meditation, going out for a bike ride, whatever it means for you that you're spending some special time for you to look after yourself. You see, whether it's a a high-performing racehorse, they get put out into the paddock at times to recover, to reset, to recharge, to be able to go back and then refocus on what they need to do. If you can invest in yourself in that way, that'd be wonderful. If you can invest in yourself to have people around you, mentors, coaches, books, things like that, it's going to really help you go to another level. I'm going to encourage you to do that. So in summary, those lessons are don't take life for granted. Number two, don't die with the music within you. Number three, have your voice heard. Number four, get the right people around you to help you. Number five, not everyone will get around you. And number six is invest in yourself. You see, you need to do these things to be able to cope with things in the period of time that's actually happening. When you are in the midst of it, you're trying to cope. But over time, you're actually building that shield of resilience. Yes, there are lessons that I learned. But you know what? At times when this kind of thing is happening, it just sucks. It's not easy. It's hard. And it can be hard, whatever you're going to go through. But you know what? Just understand that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Stay focused in what you need to do. Getting it resolved, getting it sorted, getting it checked out, getting the right people around you to help. Drive forward in whatever you're doing as well. Don't freeze or get paralyzed like a deer in the headlights. Pull a plan together and, and then get massive action happening. Whatever that means for you. And be deliberate. Be deliberate about where you're wanting to go. Listeners, all I can say to you here is that live your life to the fullest. Life is short, but what kind of impact will your voice have on the world going forward? I know and you know there's probably something today that you're putting off that you haven't done and you should do. What is that thing and what will you do to go forward and have that voice of impact to make the difference for others? I dare you to get ahead and get on with it and do that one thing that you've been holding back. It's wonderful to celebrate the six years of having the tuber removed and having my voice back and helping people around the world develop their voices as well. Hey listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for joining. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 